On today's Spotlight on KRWC, we reserve time once a month to a talk with folks from Wright County Public Health. And this is National Adoption Month. And so today from uh, Wright County, we're going to talk with Brandy Kirkpatrick. She's an adoption social worker and is going to visit with us today about National Adoption Month. Welcome, welcome. Nice to have you back here. Thank you. Um, tell us a little bit before we get into the topic about how long you've you've worked in this and how long you've worked for Wright County. Sure. Um, well, I've been at Wright County for 20 years. This is my 20th year. And um, I've been doing adoptions for a little over 10 of those years. What uh, got the interest going in that? Or is it an offshoot of what you were doing before or something? Or Yeah. So I've um, always been in the children's services area and I was in um, child protection prior to coming into adoptions. And it's kind of the tail end of that child protection case. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's where my passion is with the kids. Yeah, kind of an extension of that. Yeah. Tell us about National Adoption Month. Um, is there a particular reason we pick November or is that just the uh, just the month? I haven't the foggiest idea okay. why it's November. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But um, it was picked in the 90s uh, to be a National Adoption Month and it's just a time when we celebrate adoptive families and all the folks who've been touched by adoption in their lives, um, and also just to draw attention to the fact that there are always kids waiting for their forever homes. You know, we it's a um, a subject that, of course, you know, needs to be kind of refreshed every now and again, and it, it's um, something that is is a very very personal, very family driven type uh, of a situation, but but it can. It can start for a number of reasons. Um, maybe you want to go into uh, the types of adoptions that there are because sure. there's a few variations. Sure. There. So at Wright County Health and Human Services, we facilitate only one type, and that is the foster to adopt or foster care. So those are the kids who have come through the child protection system. They've been in foster care, and whatever the safety concerns were that brought them into, fo- into foster care to begin with, weren't resolved, and then one of the outcomes is that they are legally freed to be adopted. And so those are the adoptions that we facilitate. Most people are familiar with the other types, which are infant and international adoption, Um, and those are facilitated through private agencies. Um, So we don't do those in Wright County. And the foster care adoptions, Mm -hmm. uh, such as those that you do, they can be various ages, I'm assuming? Yes. Yep. Those kids are of all ages, um, all ethnicities, um, genders. They often are in sibling groups. So yeah, the, it's a wide variety of kids that come into this, come into adoption that way. I think I'm, if I'm remembering right, I think the last time that uh, we talked, we were talking a little bit about trying to keep those sibling groups together whenever yeah. possible. Yeah. We really try hard to do that. It's not always possible. Um, Sadly, it, it doesn't always happen, but we try really hard to keep siblings together. It's important. Mm-hmm. It's an important relationship. For sure. Um, what else should we know about uh, the, uh, the foster care to adoption end of things? Sure. Well, um, I guess the first little thing I would note is that most kids who come into foster care do end up going back to their birth families. The, the issues are resolved and they go home. So most of the cases end that way. It's just a really small percentage that end um, with kids needing to be adopted into a new family. Um, and then of those, we really try hard to look in that child's circle of people that they know really well to find an adoptive family. So we look with relatives, 
um, clergy, daycare providers, foster parents, those people that know that child. And we look there first. And I think in Wright County, we do a pretty good job of finding adoptive homes in that group first. Um, which is better, obviously better for that kiddo. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that, if all of that fails, then that's when we would look to non-relatives who um, don't know that child. And there are um, a lot of folks get into adoption because they want to grow their family, and this is one of the ways that they do that. They get a home study done, and they, um, and then they're they're on like a list of of folks that then I can go look um, for and find a match for the child that I have. And what's all involved in that that backgrounding that that you do? Yeah, so um, families that want to adopt, whether they're ones that we pick or whether they're ones that have just come to because they'd like to grow their family that way, they go through home study process, and they um, they have to do background checks, they have to meet with a social worker, they have to do some training, um, and and it's really just so that we can assure that they're as much as we can that that's a safe home and that they're ready to bring a child into that home and then once they they go through all of that they're approved and then that's when we would um look to place a child with them and are these homes uh that you place to exclusively in wright county or not necessarily no so no they can be anywhere and and when it comes to relatives and folks that know that child anywhere in the united states we've placed kids all over the united states um, when it's, when it's a non-relative that, that is, we don't know, then mm-hmm. it's just usually within the state of Minnesota. Okay. And you're in, uh, I'm assuming there's a part of a network of some kind that uh, you can kind of, you know, work with others that, uh, yep. that do the same kind of thing. Yeah. There's a group of private agencies that do these home studies for folks. Um, and we are connected to them through the state. So the Department of Human Services connects us all. Um, so we can keep, we, we have a, a good circle or a way to, mm-hmm. to stay in, in contact. Yeah, because not all situations are right, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. and you, um, by any way that you can think of, you, you want to get the right match, that's for sure. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a hard process to do, but um, we really try hard to find the right match for that kiddo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, uh, you know, you don't want any more disruption than they've already had. And right. so right. Um, talk about the kids themselves, um, maybe the amount on an average uh, basis or the number of, of sure. youngsters and, and any other things that go along with that. Sure. Well, it fluctuates daily, but currently there's over 500 kids in the state of Minnesota who are waiting to be adopted. Um, and some of those kids do have their identified home, but they're not yet adopted. So that, that adoption process is lengthy. It can take up to even a year, really, to get all of that done. So sometimes they're, they're waning, but they're it, thankfully in their adoptive home. In Wright County, we have about 19 kids right now who are waning. And um, also, thankfully, most of those are in their pre-adoptive homes. So we're just finishing up paperwork and getting to getting them ready to be adopted. So they're in the, in the home that they're going to end up at, but they're yeah. just not officially adopted. Correct. Yet. Okay. Yep. So it's just a fostering for Yeah. Kind we, ca- of. we call it foster to adopt. So they, they get licensed basically to foster, mm-hmm. and they have to foster for a little while after that child's placed with them before we can finalize the adoption. Yeah. Um, it's, there's just a lot of... Maybe not a bad thing, um, you know. No. I mean, it's kind of a getting to know you sort of a period yep. there on yeah. both on both sides. Yes, absolutely, and it gives us a chance to assess for needs and if there's some services we need to put in place. Um, it really does 
that time is really important. Mm-hmm. As far as your part of uh, public health here in Wright County, about mm-hmm. how many adoptions do you do per year? Um, we finalize about 10 adoptions per year, give or take. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can vary a little bit per per year, sometimes yeah. more, sometimes less. Yep. But yep. That's, um, you know, it doesn't sound like a staggering amount, but uh, when you think about all the time that can be involved uh, from start to finish, uh, that's, yeah. you know, that's a, that's a few. Yeah. And it's probably, I mean, in my opinion, the less, the better, because that means that more kids are probably going home to those birth For parents. Sure. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, talk a little bit about uh, the youngsters can be, you know, all ages, um, yeah. genders, race, everything. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I would, the kids are of all ages and I, um, we've we've had kids come in that needed you know that went through the adoption process who were toddlers little babies all the way up to we finalized adoptions of 17 and a half year olds so um it's really across the board um all ages all um ethnicities genders um what and again as i'd mentioned before they're often in sibling groups um they often have special needs and as most can imagine um they've been separated from their birth parents so that's a trauma they've likely been exposed to some chemical use, domestic violence, uh, maybe they've been victims of abuse themselves, and um, all of those things can cre- are traumas that can create lasting scars. So we would consider those special needs that um, would be a little extra to think about um, when planning to adopt. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the, the kinds of families that you work with. And here again, you know, it's not a, a one-size-fits-all description, I'm sure, but... Um, there can be uh, a lot of different uh, reasons, a lot of different uh, ways, a lot of different uh, avenues that uh, that a family wants to really make that step mm-hmm. to become an adopted family. Family. Yeah. Well, so a big chunk of the adopted families we have are um, relatives or folks who didn't probably set out to adopt, but they know that child in need or are related to that child in need, and they're willing to step up and. Um, and be that adoptive family for that kiddo, and so that's wonderful. And then the the group of folks who are willing, wanting to grow their family, they um, or grow their family through adoption, they are of all types. And that's a question question we often get from folks is, you know, do you have to do you have to be married? Do you have to be um, of a particular like financial uh, level in order to to adopt? And you don't. You you can um, you can be married. You can be single. Um, you don't even have to have parenting experience. Um, there's lots of trainings that folks do to to kind of gain that. It helps. It helps to have some parenting experience, but you don't have to. Um, so really, anyone um, can be considered for adoption, and it's really more about than that match. So so maybe so that that match to that child. So maybe your household might not be the perfect match for every child, but you might be a great match for one of the kids that is waiting. Mm-hmm. What about ages of adoptive? families or, or persons yeah um, all all adults really can um, can be considered for adoption okay yep what kinds of things um, walk us through uh, I don't know if there's a typical scenario but walk us through uh, from initial um, consult I guess or intake or whatever you mm-hmm. whatever the term is um, go from there along the chain a little bit, uh, knowing that there, it might be a little different, but what are the steps involved there? For, to be an adoptive parent? Right, yeah. Um, so they would want to reach out to, if 
unless we've approached them and asked them to adopt a kiddo that we that they know, um, if they're just wanting to adopt and um, don't know any particular kids but just have a heart for adoption, we would um, refer them to a, one of the, a private agency. And there's a handful of private agencies in the state who um, do home studies for the Foster Two Dot program. Um, so we'd refer them to one of those. They would, and they'd start that process with that agency to get um, all of their paperwork done and to get their home approved and to become approved. And then once they're approved, we would. Um, that's when they would be available to be matched with a kiddo that we might have that's waiting. So they'd go through that match process, and then that child would be placed with them, and then we'd go through that paperwork process to finalize an adoption. Um, one thing that people always ask me is, or one of the questions we get asked a lot is, how much does it cost? Because I think when a lot of people think of adoption, they think of a lot of money. Uh, infant adoptions and um, uh, international adoptions are very expensive. But uh, thankfully, they're, um, it's pretty low fee to do a foster through adopt um, adoption. There um, are a few random fees for things that you might have to, to do. Some people have had to do some modifications to their home that are pretty minor. But other than that, um, it's a pretty reasonable way to adopt. Mm -hmm. And do they get some uh, help then, the families, uh, as far as, you know, kind of a monthly help to, yep. you know, yeah. keep everything going? So if that child has a special need, and a lot of them do have special needs, or if they're in a sibling group that, that creates a special need, we, then then they would be eligible for a monthly stipend after that adoption. Um to help with basic needs and any extras that come along with parenting. And then all of our kids, regardless of special needs, are eligible for uh, medical assistance until they're adults. So both of those things would be in place until that child is an adult to help out. Okay. Which, you know, I mean, that is, um, you know, eases the mind, I would imagine, of, of some of the adopted families or, or yeah. makes makes more think that it, may, it might be doable for them Absolutely. That, that way. Yeah. It's expensive to raise kids, right? So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the subjects, of course, that can vary also greatly is um, contact with the actual birth family after the yeah. adoption pro process. Now that Am I right in saying that can vary a little bit too, or is it always, yes. yeah? Yep. Um, that's something that a lot of people ask about and want to know about. Um, none of our adoptions I would consider closed adoptions because everybody generally knows who everybody is. Um, and uh, in general, I think most uh, folks in the adoption world believe that it's in kids' best interest to have some sort of connection with their birth family, to mm -hmm. know that history and, and mm -hmm. help with their sense of identity. So there's often some sort of contact, but it can range from um, a letter once a year or a picture and letter once a year all the way up to I have some families who see that their birth parents every week. So it's very, it's quite varied. Adoptive families generally have some sort of say in what they're willing to do, but um, if we know a particular kiddo has a need to maybe see grandma you know, regularly, then we would look for a family that would be willing to honor that. I would think for, you know, to some extent, medical history would play a part in that, too, you know, the, that there's a connection there. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And I just, I think of a lot of kids on my um, caseload who are older, you get into school and um, suddenly they're asking you to do like an ancestry project or something like that. And it's just, it's good for kids to know those things about themselves. Makes sense. Curiosity about, uh, you know, where, where did I come from? Yep. How did I get to this point? Yep. Yeah. 
Uh, we're talking with Brandy Kirkpatrick, who works uh, with Wright County Public Health as an adoption social worker. This is National Adoption Month. We're going to wrap up here with um, some facts and figures about uh, where to go for more information about this. And I guess we kind of touched on maybe some of it, but... Um, are there specifics on, on where they should go? Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, they can always come to Wright County Health and Human Services and um, speak with the other social worker, Lenny Rositas, or I. We're always willing to answer questions. Um, if, uh, But one of the better places probably to go with more information is the MinAdopt website, and it's mnadopt.org. And um, that website has tons of information about foster care, adoption. There's links to agents, private agencies, public agencies there's trainings on there there's just really everything you need to know about adoption is on that website would i be right in saying that it's um kind of in a a potential adoptive family's best interest to to know a little a little bit or do a little digging on their own ahead of time to yes uh, i mean they might not have to do it but uh it kind of makes you a little bit uh more educated about it yeah and we I think most um, private agencies also um, make folks or put folks through like an orientation process too, so that they know what they're getting into before they've jumped in fully. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it must be incredibly, um, you know, when it when everything works right, it must be incredibly um, a, a, a big benefit or a, a big uh, feel good moment there when when everything works right. Yeah, it, it really does. I mean, there's. Um, any adoption training you'll go to will say that all adoptions start with a loss. So there, it's a, there's always yeah. a little bit of a bittersweetness yeah. to it, but um, it's it's pretty awesome when you know that this kiddo's in a good spot and and it's going to be good for them. Yeah. Do they ever, uh, as they grow up, and do they ever continue to touch base with you? I mean, have you kind of followed uh, oh, yeah. some along for a long time? Yeah. Um, mostly, I mean, at this point, it's been a lot of, uh, not a lot of them have grown completely up, but mm -hmm. I get their um, their adoptive parents send pictures or updates now and then. I love to hear how everybody's doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of fun. Very good. Uh, and then locally, um, are there some numbers to call What uh, or the yeah. local uh, online stuff? Sure. If they um, So questions for um, about adoption for Wright County could come to the main number, which was 682-7400. Um, we also, just my little plug, are always in need of foster parents in Wright County, um, especially ones that are willing to consider teenagers. And Marissa Ferguson is the child foster care licensor, so I just always like to put a plug in for her. She can also be reached at the main number. I think we have talked with her before, too, once in a while yeah. over, the, over the years, either in person or over the phone. So, yeah, that's a, a familiar name anyway, yep. too. Well, good. Well, Brandy, we appreciate all the information. National Adoption Month, and uh, boy, if we've sparked some interest here, um, by all means, uh, check it out. And uh, the least uh, thing that's going to happen is you're more educated about it and, and, you know, you know more about it if if the time comes later on, too. Yeah. All right. Thank nice you. To, nice to talk to you again, and uh, good luck to you. Thanks for all you do. Thank you. All right. There we go with today's Spotlight on KRWC.